Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host tonight as we run through Rangers' very own Greek tragedy as we as we succumbed 3-1 to Olympiacos in a glorified training game. Obviously, if we stranded them 4 nothing, we I'd be crowning Rangers soon to be champions of the world, but that's the nature of being a fickle football fan. Here to dissect the game with me and go through... Go for a bit of a deep dive and uh, what we've seen last night. Uh, first of all, joining for the continent, David Thomason. How are you, my friend? Yeah, fine. Thanks, Colin. I bet you've, you've either been Greek god or, or, or Colossus in, in the, the whole weekend practicing, and unfortunately, you had to go with the Greek tragedy. Uh, no, I'm fine and uh, looking forward to the show. We've actually been laughing quite a lot before, the, before we came in here, so maybe that's a good point. Aye, uh, there's been um, a pun a minute um, uh, backstage, but uh, in actual fact, uh, <laughs> last night in the, in the media gantry, me and David Paul before the game, it was David Paul's idea if we get beaten in a Greek tragedy, and we spent about 10 minutes writing down different names. I won't spoil them in case we scrub a Greek team in Europe this season, um, but we'll keep them in the back burner. Also joining us, um, the pride of Paisley, Andrew Stewart. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um getting past the result. Looking forward to the weekend, if anything. If we're taking anything from what Michael said in the press, Saturday will be as close to the season kind of squad and efforts and tactics as we'll probably get. So, good to put them last night in the, the rear view mirror and look forward to a trip to Germany um, in the weekend. And last, and by no means least, adding a wee bit of common sense into the proceedings, Shona, how are you? Good evening, how is everyone tonight? Uh, yeah, looking forward to obviously dissecting what happened last night. Wasn't too pleased, but I suppose the Hibs game today, 
Well, that's made me feel a little bit better. I've seen them having a bit of a meltdown. So, yeah, I'm sure we've got lots to talk about tonight, but feeling a little bit better when I saw that. So, uh, let's move on and see what we've got to see and talk about tonight. Hissy's told me to <laughs> wait until Rangers get their qualifiers out of the way before we start laughing at other Scottish clubs. So as enjoyable as that is, I'm not making it too too vocal at the moment. Um, and of course, hello to everybody listening, uh, whether you're listening live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter, or if you're left, listening after the fact on your way to work on a Friday morning. Just a quick um, thank you to everybody. Um, obviously, last night, myself and David Paul were back in the media gantry. Um, I had access to the new press room, the new new press access. I'll be starting to share photos and videos of that over the next couple of days. But just a massive thank everybody who supports the pod, whether you subscribe or you're a member for a pound a month. You're the guys that make it happen. So um, thanks very much um, allowing us to you know, attend the games, give you uh, live analysis from, I say analysis, um, it's, you know, live shit talking from iBooks, we'll call it, but the sentiment stays the same. So, Davey, um, we'll go into the game, uh, Rangers starting with what I thought would have been close to the the lineup we'll see in Kilmarnock in ten, 10 days' time, but now I'm thinking a wee bit differently. So we started with McCrory and goals. Tavernier, Suter, Davies, Borna were the the defence. Darrell, Rashin and Cantwell in the midfield three, and Seema and Lammers playing just behind Cyril Dessels. Um, we're going to go through uh, like section by section because there's a few different talking points and a few different issues um, that we probably want to chat through all across the pitch, but Talk to me about the game in general and what you've seen. And I know you wanted to talk through the tactics. Um, what I know we kind of look too much into pre-season. We do try different things. But what did you what did you take for the, the tactical setup last night? Yeah, well, um, what I what I seen with uh, Bill's tactics was that we are playing really, really narrow, and everybody seems to Dowell com, comes inside. Barisic comes inside, Tavernier comes inside, and also um, Cantwell comes inside, and we are so narrow, and every ball out to the wing is a danger, just because there's nobody near. The first goal came from that. Cantwell was, was I mean, virtually everybody. If you watch it, I, I, I slowed it down, uh, and done pause, stop, pause, stop, pause, watch. And at one time, there were six, seven Rangers players just watching the ball and it was absolutely nobody in movement and then the ball get through the the, the, the player the player out in the, the left wing for them he uh, tried to put the ball through it hit Tavernier he got the ball back and nobody was absolutely nobody was marking the number 20 and he could just move in and 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 yeah it just went from there to, to, to eventually the goal, but that, that just seems it all comes from watching the ball, which was a mistake last week or last year as well, and just being so narrow. Uh, how many times was the ball put behind Barisic? And that was a way, I remember teams doing it last year, they picked out Barisic and tried to put the ball in there all the time. So I, I don't see any improvement on our tactics from last year, and that worries me. Andy, what what do you think the the over, overarching plan was? Um, 
because we don't usually we we do see Bill usually go with a wee bit of usually the fullbacks, but was the plan to to have Lammers and Sema in playing interlinking with Dessers? Was that I, I know whatever the plan was it didn't work? But what do you think we were trying to set up to do? It's been quite confusing trying to piece together what the actual game plan has been um, for the last couple of games. Um, I've been saying it's a, we tactically slow the game down to a halt essentially and then when the other team essentially falls asleep we, we kick into gear and pop some passes about and try and get in behind um i can understand that we, the, when you essentially when you try to play narrow you then look for the width drag players in make it kind of compact and then find the space um and i know with the tab and barisic unfortunately um we'll get to him sure later on um the plan is to get them up the park almost as your kind of wingers. Uh, but anytime the ball is going to Barisic or Tav, they're immediately looking up to find a winger almost. And with the narrow formation, you don't have wingers essentially. You've got players who are central and they tend to drift. But when we rotate, because our, our forward line essentially seems to rotate, Seema sits the striker, then he'll go wide, then Dessers will go through the middle, or Lammers will sit wide, and he'll come through the middle. It, it was similar to last season where it seemed like Morelos would be getting the ball in the wing and you'd be thinking, great, cross it in to Morelos. And you go, well, Morelos has got the ball, so he can't cross it to himself. Uh, I think with our kind of rota- rotation between the kind of midfield units and the attacking three, it kind of limits the out ball from, from Barisic or Tart or Red Van, whoever it's going to be. Um, and it, I think that's causing the famous Barisic take three strides, pause, turn, repeat. Um, it, it's uh, something that I'm sure we'll, we'll fix with time. I, I, I'm going to back the manager and say these things, will, when we get into a kind of rhythm, we find a rhythm, we get up to full kind of tilt, then we'll be fine. Um, I, have, I think that you have to kind of remember, especially for that front three, was all three of them are new. Um, see my Dessers, Lammers, you know, or as uh, Tom Wilson, Tom Miller's calling him as Sammers, which was pissing me off in the live stream last night. I think once you, these kind of guys kind of get those those games under their belt together, learning each other's strengths, weaknesses, you know, doing the kind of learning learning each other's best traits and stuff, you you see them clicking a wee bit better. It would be lovely to say that we'd we'd scud every team in preseason, um, but we've done that a few well. Not scudding teams in preseason, but we've we've looked comfortable in preseason and then falling apart in the real season. We've seen that last year, um, looking good against Tottenham and West Ham, and then collapsing in the league. So if if it's you've given me a a tougher loss to take on the chin during preseason, and then having a good start to the season and really kicking it high gear from day one, then I'll take that every day of the week. Absolutely, and again, like just to echo the point, we can't get too high or too low in in preseason games as much as we as we want to because we we want to fill that void um, of competitive football, and we do get ahead of ourselves um, either way. But Shona, let's um, I suppose let's start from the back and that back line. Um, <laughs> I may be contradicting myself here when I say that let's not get too high or too low, but I thought. Particularly the left-hand side of the defence looked very, very shaky. I actually thought Suter had a decent enough game, but um, Olympia, because I think one of their best players was the right-back, and he gave Barry such a torrid time. Davey mentioned it earlier about the basics 
bad decision, Davis. No doing the basics too well. Um, they they had a bit of a tough time in it. Michael B was asked about that at the post match press conference, and he he said we'll be fine. Um, he's not worried about the left hand side of the defence. What what's your thoughts on the the options we brought there right now? Well, obviously we've got Bor- uh, Borna, we've got Red Van, and then um, we've obviously got Dijon Sterling that can play at left back. So, look, we still got to get to see what he's like. I think um, he might be a bit of a surprise package because from what I saw last night, the left backs were so exposed. Both of them, not just Borna, even Red Van was at fault for the for one of the goals. So, look, <clears throat> I think um, it's now a, 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 play, a position that we might need to look at. I thought centre-back might have been a position that we might have had to spend money on, but look, if um, we can get some money for Borna, I think I would take it. Look, these, look we're just same old faces, same mistakes happening, um, getting very very much exposed. And it, do you know what? It's the other teams now. They're going to look at that left-hand side of our pitch, and that's going to be their, their target for us. And Borna, is just, Borna and Redfan are now just going to be our target for that left-hand side as well as Davis. So until they improve, and I know it is pre-season, we've got to give these guys a chance, but, I mean, all you're asking for was a wee bit of effort. And as you said, it was simple things that they weren't even able to do, like just put the head of the ball out. Um, so, look, um, I think uh, the left-back position now, um, we're going to have to look at it a wee bit more because I think Dijon Sterling's going to have to um, get a wee chance in there because, uh, for me, Borna was very much exposed yesterday. And uh, we can't have that going into this season. The same old mistakes from last year. And if we've got the same back four, more or less, then what's that going to create for this year? More goals conceded. Davey, what's your thoughts on the centre-half position then? Um, I think we've seen Johnny Fekel come in. Um, I I do still quite like him, but I don't think he's ready to step in yet. Leon Balgan has noted that he... it was well documented that he's there for cover. Connor Golson returns to training next Thursday, um, Leon King on Monday. So it really is John Souter, Ben Davis, or, or Leon Balgan's your options. And Ben Davis, again, he's. He, I'm not, this isn't a knee jerk for me. It's not just based on last night. It's based on what I've seen last season as well. He doesn't quite fill me with confidence. What, what's your thoughts in the centre half position? Well, See, when you're defending, defending starts at the front of the centre-forward. And it's it's easy to blame the centre-halves because they're the last line. But our problem aren't just centre-halves. Our problem are players in the middle of the park standing watching instead of closing down players. If you look at the... the what, what I would call this game was Napoli light because it was the exact same as Napoli. They closed us down. They didn't give us any room. And what we do, we do, we stand and watch. When the, the balls some the balls out in the left or out in the right, the players in the middle are standing watching and they're not closing down a player, not getting near them. And then the ball comes to the player near them, who's, a, who's about five or six yards away. And then they've got to try and close them down. And I'm talking about your Cantwell, I'm talking about your Lammers, the new players coming in. They just were far too late in closing down players. And it meant that there was always a player that there's free and they could they could just walk through the defence because that's the way it was. So it's very easy to blame a centre-half. Yes, I think we need centre-halves, a better centre-halves in. But I, I, I find it really hard to just blame the centre-halves for, for what's happening in the park because 
It's not just the centre halves. It's 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 the way we're playing football. Uh, we know Barisic has had his best days for us, and he is still quite potent when he's going forward and and crossing the ball. But defending's not his. Uh, I mean that that young boy, the the, the number twenty three, I think it was. He walked past them as if he wasn't there a good few times. And as I said, I watched um, Henk uh, the other night, and they've got a boy out in the wing called Pencil, I think his name was. Guy's super fast, and he's really, really tricky. Barisic is going to have a nightmare with him, and I hope I'm wrong there. But, uh, Bar- the, from what I've seen the other night, I think he's going to have a... And, and even... Even Red Van is going to have trouble with them. So that's that's a, a problem we've got to sort out. But centre-halves, um, I, I would quite like to see us bringing in another one. I mean, let's face it, Goldson isn't the best defender either in the world. <laughs> He's better, probably better than the rest that are there. But Goldson's uh, in, into mistakes as well. So, yeah, we really need a, a really good centre-half. Um the young boy, no, sorry, he's not ready. Uh, he's he was sort of a dodgy the the third goal as as well, um, and plus the fact was it Newcastle? I think it was it was dodgy at one goal. So now nah, I don't think he's there yet, and uh, I think I think we'll need to need to bring in a, a centre half. I don't I don't know how good the uh, Anzo is or, or trusty. Everybody seems to say trusted a good player. I don't know. I've, I haven't seen him. For me, I think. We're having Golson back. If we can maybe move Ben Davis on, we'll get a bit of money for Ben Davis and bring in somebody to you know upgrade him. We do need a left-sided centre-back. Then, along with Suter, Ballard and Leon King, I think we've got enough cover there, but it's just right now we're you know, two, two of us, four picks are, are injured um, for the start of the season. Um, Andy, we, we've kind of touched on defending from the front and I think it leads me on to my next point, and I think we spoke about this through the chat last night as well. Kieran Dirrell, um, and by the way, I'm not writing, writing them off like some people are. I think he will be a good player. Um, I don't think he was suited to covering the left-hand side. Um, you know, you know, Michael Beale does like to set up his midfield to cover the full-backs. So I don't think he had a, a greatest showing of that last night. Um, he was quite wasteful in possession. He struggled to get the ball ball going, and he struggled to cover uh, Barisic as well. You know, what were your thoughts in the midfield in terms of defensively? Um, you know, do they need to take a fair share of the blame? Is this just a wee bit of getting used to a new system? Um, I'll go back to something that David Thomas says. The event from the front is is something we just want to do. The kind of press, you know. I think if we're trying to win the ball back, it comes from your your striker, your winger, putting that primary pressure onto the ball carrier, and hoping that you know he puts he puts pressure on him to kick out a play, a loose pass that then the midfielder can mop up or wins the physical battle and takes the ball off him that way. Um, I think with the kind of heavy legs, as as Bills said, um, the double sessions, whatever the, he's you want to call it during the week. You're kind of negating that front three press because of that tiredness, you know. I think Morelos is a good example of, you know, you don't want to run that extra yard to try and put that pressure on. And I think that puts that that effort onto the, the midfield three to, to then be the press 
And then that then makes your defensive line, the secondary picker, picker up of the ball, to, to excuse the kind of lame term there, um, to, to collect a loose pass or the, the ball after the physical challenge. I think because of that tiredness, things were a bit more disjointed. Players maybe not in the right positions for to intercept passes, um, to, to be on the shoulder to of the Olympiacos players to maybe stop the, the, the primary ball carrier from picking out a pass, maybe thinking not the best pass there, he's got a man on him, whereas if we're a wee bit slower and not getting to him, he's open, I can play that pass. And then if he can get by the first line, then you're caving in, you're collapsing back to your own goal. And then, you know what we're like in our own 18-yard box. Um, we've seen it Parkhead last season, Ben Davies trying to clear a ball and he's, he's in the 18-yard box is a hit or miss. And usually last season, I thought it hit his hand at Parkhead. Um, it's it's tough, but yeah, the, the back four was shaky. I don't think any of them looked like they were confident in each other. Maybe I think the three of them could maybe look at John Suter and think, he can get me through this game. But I think that puts a lot of effort, that puts a lot of pressure onto John Suter to carry that back four. And that's that's a lot to ask of a guy who last season was playing as a left-sided centre-half with Conor Goldson at his natural right-back, uh, his right centre-half position. I think we do need to look for another centre-half. Uh, it looks like Trusty's being the one that we're kind of looking at now. And the kind of Panzo talks kind of died down. I've not heard much about any kind of, you know, progress in talks with um to, to bring Panzo to Ibrox. Whereas you can, I read today, something like we're, we're start, we want to start at 2 million. Um, but as for that to happen, I think we need some outgoings first because it really does look like we're throwing a lot of money out and not getting any back in at the moment. Shona, just moving back into the midfield then, so. Obviously, Tierndale, I think, you're still selling in. I've seen Nico Rasson and Todd Campbell, and I was quite excited to see them um, on the starting lineup uh, Again, I think they did suffer from the, the sluggishness. Um, I'd say I think Todd Campbell gave you what he, you'd expect him to give you, um, you know, effort, you know, really diving into getting something going. He actually won the penalty. Nico Rasson, um, he nearly he nearly got goal of the season uh, with that thirty uh, yard volley, um, a beautiful strike, well saved by the keeper. Um, you know, I don't think they were as terrible, but uh you know, I, I do want to ask you about the, the midfield in general. Um, I, I think they two are, are bang on starters uh, for this season. I think it is just that number eight where Kieran Dow played as as the spot up for grabs because I don't think while it was a poor display all in all last night, I don't think Rashton and Camwell are carrying too much of the blame. Yes, they could have done better as everybody could, but I'm not really flinging them under the bus for it. Yeah, it was very disjointed at times, wasn't it? And we just didn't move the ball quick enough and I felt as if like I didn't think Raskin and Camwell actually had their base games to be honest and I think this is going to be up for debate because obviously we're now playing Lammers in the number 10 role. And I don't know about you, but I thought Catwell played that role quite well last year and now he's gone back into midfield and it seems like when he's in that midfield position, it just doesn't really really suit him as much as what he is when he goes forward and he's picking up those passes and moving up the ball quick. Um, and I think that's what we're missing in midfield. We're missing a ball carrier, somebody that can carry the ball um, in midfield. And I think obviously Sifuentes... Hopefully, when he comes in, I think he's definitely going to bring that. But 
I don't know about you guys. I don't know if Bill was trying to go with a system where last yesterday he was going to take away a defensive midfielder and not have the two holding defensive midfielders that we usually do for against like a European side and go very much attacking. And it was just very much disjointed. People kind of didn't really know what to do with the ball. Didn't know who to pass to. I feel as if like Cantwell was pressing at the wrong time, and he was using a lot of energy up by doing that. So, um, and it just didn't work well for Dowell. So I think that position where Cantwell, where is he going to fit in? I think is going to be quite vital when it comes to like your European games because, for me, yesterday there was just a massive gap between the defensive midfield and the guys up front. There was nobody really in the middle to be able to pick up that ball, twist and turn, and make something with it. We were just kind of relying on maybe Sutra making that defensive run or even Raskin. And I feel at times Raskin was quite poor yesterday on the ball. But, uh, look, I think um, it's something we're going to have to look at. I think Sifuente as well be the guy that brings that kind of box-to-box -box kind of midfielder in. And that's exactly what we need. We need ball carriers in that midfield instead of more kind of all the same kind of type of player that we've got in the number 10 role. That's the one thing for me. You've got Dill, you've got Cantwell, you've got De um, Lammers. They all kind of play the similar kind of position. And then you've got Tom Lawrence coming back and then you've got Hadji. It seems quite overloaded in the same sort of kind of position. So um, whether Hadji will work in midfield, like that is still to be known. I can't see where, no offence, but I can't see with the likes of Lammers, Dessers, uh, Lammers, Cantwell and uh, Dowell. I can't see where Hadji kind of fits in between them. I think those guys are definitely ahead of Hadji. So, look, I think um, when it comes to Europe, I think um, we're going to have to go with two holding midfielders. I think that kind of proved last night that that's, a, that's the case. I think we just had far too many attacking, similar, two similar players playing yesterday up front, and it just didn't work for us. I, I think with Yannis Aji, um and he, he touched in the press conference last night, what he does have on his, um, on his side is he can play out wide, he can play number 10, and now he's playing a bit deeper as well, so I think I think he will benefit with being a bit more versatile, but you're right in what you're saying, um, it's Todd Cantwell probably fits into that mode as well, but Cantwell's too good a player to to be a utility player, we need to get the best out of him, I think, and I don't know if it's maybe we, we've seen Sima and Lammers um, play the kind of inverted wingers, if you like, or the two number 10s it would be interesting to see maybe Lammers and uh, Campbell play that with maybe somebody a bit more industrious behind them in the midfield three. And, and Davey, this brings me on to my next point then because, you know, I've made no um, made no secret of my favourite ever Rangers player, Ronald De Boer. So seeing a Dutchman wearing number 14 who can control the ball with the right, with the left, he can turn either way, he can pirouette, he can get a shot away. I was... I was on the floor, um, seeing him um, in the first half last night, nearly, and nearly get his goal. Um, he was the shining light for me. Um, I know the, the the attack in general probably needed a wee bit more cohesion, but I think Sam Lammers was the man in the match. Um, he, he he's got really good ball control. I'm much more comfortable, um, or becoming much more comfortable with this signing now that I know he's not out and out number nine. That was the big concern that people were looking at his goal record. But now that we can see him as a bit more of a midfielder, I'm starting to see why we've brought him in. Yeah, well, Lammers, I mean, he's a good player. I, for me, he wasn't man of the match. For me, Suters was man of the match. I thought Suters was absolutely brilliant. Uh, but I'll, I, I would certainly give Lammers a seven, a good seven. I don't think he, I don't think he deserves an eight, but uh, I, I, because a lot of times I was watching, I watched the game back today, and a lot of times 
defending isn't his best uh, quality. So no, I, I think um, no Lammers is good. Uh, I, I have no problem with him at the moment. Uh, and uh, Dessers was obviously he's he's not fit yet. So I would imagine if Danilo comes in, that uh, I, I would imagine Danilo will be fit. So I would I would be thinking about him to first start the game until Dessers gets fit. It's going to be it's going to be wondering where can you have Dessers and Danilo on the park at the same time. And we're going to go into that discussion again. But I really think we need a yeah we haven't got him there. And I don't think we were going to spend money in it anymore now. But I really think we need a wide player. I, I think we need a not a, a good Ryan Kent. Uh, I, I think we need a, a type of player like that. And funny enough, to mention Ryan Kent. It's seemingly he's a talk of Turkey now because he was absolutely brilliant uh, at the weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's where I think we're, we're, we're just missing wide. It's, so, it's easy trying to, to ram your way through the middle, but we can't keep doing that. We just can't keep doing that. Uh, it's, it's not the way to go. And we, we, we get into trouble ourselves because. The other team just leave players out wide and we're struggling to cover them. I, I just think the tactics are totally wrong at the moment. Andy, as more players came on um, through the game, we started to see the, the game open up a wee bit more. Um, also, we're not going to go through all, all the goals. Um, I, I think it's fairly we can put all the MPI across goals under the bracket of Rangers not doing the basics a wee bit up. Bad luck, I suppose, an element of it for the first goal. But Rangers need to be doing the basics more. But Rangers did start to come in a wee bit more in the second half when we started changing things about. And we did see a wee change in shape with Sakala and Matondo um, playing up front, um, like playing one number 10 with two strikers, trying to pin the strikers back. And Davies mentioned there, do we see Danilo and Dessels up front together? Assuming Danilo will will join. Um, how are you feeling about the starting position? Um, I think it's clear Dessels hasn't played a lot of football. He's not spent a lot of time with. Um, you mentioned this at the start of the pod. But in terms of the options we've got, I don't think Michael Beal plays for wingers, So I don't know if that's... I get the, it's, it's definitely an area we don't have strength in out and out wingers um, quality there but for no to play with wingers um, how are you feeling with these options that we've got Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs learn more at UH1.com Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. To going back to to something I said at the start, it's, it's hard to kind of label what what we actually do as a team. Um, what what is our style of play? Um, what is our what is our modus operandi? Is that our mo? Uh, it's hard. You're just I, showing off there with a words. I was as close to Greek as I could get. Um, <laughs> I, 
it's honestly I sat at the Newcastle game and I was trying to like because he'd been saying all of last season you'll see a, a proper Rangers under Michael Beale from pre-season on you'll see what how I want to implement how my team will work and I'm trying to take him at, at that word and see what we've seen that's different what what we've seen that's new well I'll give him that last season it was like a, a very obvious like kind of three up front like at the midfield yeah we've we seen it we've seen it all the way from, from Gerard onwards but this season I couldn't tell you so there you go there is a change um the only issue is I don't know if the players know where they they're supposed to be at the time because it was a case of there's Cantwell on the ball and, and there's Lammers coming short and he's giving it to Lammers Cantwell stayed short and then Raskins come short and then Des has come short <laughs> and all of a sudden we're all in the, the centre circle and there's space everywhere apart from the middle wings are open but nobody seems to be taking the, the hint everybody wants to come short for the ball I think I'm hoping that with the Hoffenheim game we're going to see more of a clearer identity to, <laughs> that we can follow and, and piece together because I, I I like to think I'm, I'm I'm decent with the kind of tactical stuff but honestly our style of play was hard to follow for most of this preseason so far Sean, I just on these potential options coming in, then um, Michael Beale last night, he, did, he, he was asked about transfers coming in, and he says, pretty much don't believe everything that you read in the papers. The fee quoted for certain players and the wages quoted for certain players are nowhere near where they need to be, but he says, um, be patient and you should expect some good news um, start of next week, Monday or Tuesday, and I know the two Davies called that out in the news um, pod this week as well. I'll be, uh, I'll be plugged for the news there, folks, if you uh, want to go and subscribe for a pound a month. Um, but how how are you feeling about uh, Danilo coming in then? And Sifuentes obviously um, signed a pre contract. It's just a uh, you know the 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 final details of the the fee between us and LA FC. Um, a, a happy bell. Yeah, well, I think um, the fee is around about a million pounds, isn't it? So that takes our transfer budget up to about fifteen million pounds. So. Look, he's been back. The board's been back. But anyway, look, I was looking at, I was speaking to, or listening to, to, to a podcast um, from the LAFC one where they were talking about Sifuentes and they basically said, look, for his, this season so far, he's had 12 appearances, he's had eight starts, and he's the most progressive passes than any of his teammates with 84. He's had two assists and he's had 20 key passes and he's only second to Carlos Vela. Um, he's had 47 shot creations, shot creations, which is only second to VL in the league. He's the second most creative LFC player, and he's critical at carrying the ball. And his his rating is 3.57 per goal contribution. So it just basically tells you that's exactly what we've been missing. We've been missing a box to box midfielder that can obviously help create goals as well at the same time. So uh, look, I'm really looking forward to getting Sifuentes in. I think he has a bit of the missing piece. I think um, the guys that we've got in, Lundstrom, Raskin and Jack at the moment, far too many similar players. So they played exactly the same position. So, look, I'm really looking forward to getting Sifuentes. As for Danilo, look, this is massive money, isn't it, really, for Danilo, even though I know people came out and said about the transfer not being as big as what people are saying. But if you think about it, that's Desers, Lammers and Danilo now for around about £14.5 million, £14 million. So... 
for me, look, this is where Bale's going to get judged. Judge, he's going to get judged on these three players. These are the three big signings. So for me, all those three players have to start every game. And I don't know how he's going to fit that in, like Andrew said, the tactics. Is he going to go with two up front? Because he kind of played with that yesterday with Seema and Dessers, and it kind of really didn't work, does it? We really need the width out the width. Um, will he plays with those inverted wingers? I'm not too sure, but um, look, I think he's got to start all three of them. I don't think you can have a six or five million pound player sitting on your bench. So, look, it's completely new dynamics. Um, look, I haven't been this excited in a long time. So, like, we'll just see. It's a total freshness these signings, but I think um, it's very exciting that our front line will be Sima, Dessers, uh, Lammers, and Danilo. Um, look, that's just goals, goals, goals. So. It's up now to these players when they come in. They've got to hit the ground running because this is what Bill's going to be uh, judged on. It's these three big transfer signings for me. So, look, it's up to them. Otherwise, if the criticism will come. It's not like you're going to get uh, your dowels when you got a free. And he's not he, obviously if you if you if it doesn't work out for him, we're not going to be losing anything on him. Do you know that way? So these guys have got to hit the ground running. So, look, as I said, it's pre-season, but. It's going to find out, guys, where do you guys fit, fit these three guys in? Because if Bill doesn't play with two up front, you're not going to have five million pound guys sitting on the bench, are we? No, um, but at the same time, a wee bit of healthy competition um, will never go amiss as well. But I do think you're right. These these players are being signed to play, um, and I think that's what we we definitely needed. We needed to anybody we brought in had to add value to the first eleven in terms of quality. David, I think one of those players is Jack Butland. Um, I think he's undisputed number one, but it was interesting to see Robbie McCrory played the first half last night and then John McLaughlin played the second half. Um, I'll ask your thoughts on um, both of these keepers. I, I, I think I'm looking forward to the, the impending John McLaughlin rant. Um, but probably, what is the future for, for both these keepers? Um like, do, do you see either being here um, at the end of August? Well, I think uh, Beal said in his interview that he wanted, uh, that had already dropped hints that players might not get the game time that they wanted. And I think John McLaughlin, he sort of hinted that he would rather they go. And I think John McLaughlin is one. And after his performance last night, then uh, I'm afraid I, I don't want to see him in a Rangers shirt again. Uh, that, that's for sure. I was going to say a blue shirt, but obviously he never plays in a blue shirt. But um, no, I, I just think it took him so long to get to his knees yesterday. I know the the the, 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 the number seven, I think it was, it scored. Um, I know he, 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 he had to jump over McLaughlin because he was lying on the floor. But but he, the, the, the number seven, had to run to the ball to the post to get it. Then the uh, Feco managed to get his foot to it before he crossed the line. And McLaughlin was still on the ground. There was plenty of time for him at least to get onto his, his toes that he could dive forward for that ball. And he could have, but he just sort of waited for the ball to come to him. And the guy the guy that, that scored the goal actually came from the six-yard line. He was much further away than McLaughlin was. So no, sorry, that was uh, that. That's just for me. Yeah, no, I, I don't want McLaughlin near a near a near a Rangers uh, jersey again. But um, no, we need to Butland. Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be the number one, and McCrory's got the choice. What do you do? Be number two or 
or or leave. Then then we'll need to similarly the, the, there's a, a a boy in the, the B team with a sort of Polish name. I've thought if I've not got it by me the the, the name, but uh, he seems to be quite good. I think he's just went out and loaned to several service throwers. Um, is that mm-hmm. pan, Pansius? Um, starts with a P, but he's he's yeah. just went out and loaned. Um, yeah, no. and we, we do have Kieran right there as well. Um, probably taking up the Andy first row, I would have thought. Um, Andy, Robbie McCrory, I'm, I'm kind of my heart still in two places with us. Um, you know, for the player, he is old enough, he's good enough to go and be playing first-team football. Um, for a Rangers point of view, I do want him to be the number two and I want him to get game time. Where do you see this one? Um, how do you see this one playing out? I'm afraid I've seen this story play out before. It's a keeper by the name of Liam Kelly. Um, it's unfortunate that we we have, we've helped me develop. It's an interesting to develop decent keepers. Um, it's just a shame that they, we seem to have... Uh, a really solid keeper with Jack Butland coming in. Um, I think Robbie has the right to to say. Well, I thought the long term plan was that I was going to step in once McGregor moved on, retired. Um, I think he, he he is at the time of his career where he needs to get first team football. Um, he needs to go and make a name for himself. I said Liam Kelly. You know, he was stuck behind. I think Fodringham at the time. Um, Went down south, QPR became their number one keeper and then came back up to Motherwell where on his day can be one of the better keepers in the league. When he's off his day, you know, you get a Tavernier free kick. Um, I think a move away can develop him into, you know, a keeper that can be in contention for Scotland. Um, you know, for, for him personally, I know he's a Rangers man, but you need to, he needs to look at himself, you know, he just needs to look back at his family. Ross was was here, high, highly rated, the same way that Robbie's been highly rated. But he kicked on Aberdeen. Um, he's, he's he's seen it play out with his own brother. So I I, can, I, I thought well, it seemed like he was going to go. Um, I think it. I'd, I'd love to keep him as the number two because especially with. The amount of games I hope we're playing this season with qualifications going out the right way and, and, and sorts that you can afford to maybe give Butland a rest for some games, make sure he's, he's still going to be on that peak fitness for the big game. Or and, and even as I said, you know, I, I want the best player who's training the hardest to be the number one. Um, so he, I'd hope he's still very much in Beale's plans, and I hope Rangers are still much in McCrory's plan, uh, plans. You just need to see if those two meet in the middle, and if not, then are we going to be stuck with John McLaughlin, unfortunately? Shona, Michael Beale did say that um, the European squad will be announced uh, for the qualifying games. Obviously, we're playing um, at home to either Savet or Genk on the 9th of August, with the return leg being the 15th of August, so Tuesday afterwards. And that will give an indication of the game time that some players are going to get or not get more importantly. And he did say that we've had three or four inquiries in for for players other than Scott Wright recently. Um, do you see foresee any any players in particular um, being in that category who will be left out of the European squad? 
Well, I think it's going to be very interesting, like Andrew said, about the goalkeeping situation as to um, who gets that num number two position because for the Scottish quota as well, isn't it? We've obviously only got, I think they've only got, there's only 17 positions up for grabs. So for uh, the European uh, qualifiers, so look, it's going to be difficult for Beale to pick these players um, as they've just come in. So it's, as I said, we've only got about a week or so to go now to these qualifiers, haven't we? Hasn't it? So as the second, have we? Was it seventh or eighth of, of August that we've got these qualifiers? So I think that will give you a good stead as to who's staying and who's going. And uh, look, I don't even think Roof might not even be in that European squad. To be honest, that um. It'll be difficult to leave him out. I think it will really be difficult. But with 17 players that you've only got to choose from, and you've got to have so many Scottish players in there. So um, and I think it was 17 plus the Scottish guys, isn't it, on top of that? So you're talking, you're going to have King in there. You're going to have at least McCrory or McLaughlin. Uh, you've got Ryan Jack. You've got Suter, don't you, as well? So I think um, the likes of Scott Wright, I think um, his position is, to, like, look, it looks like he's going to go off to Turkey, doesn't it? I think there's still negotiations happening there. As far as I'm concerned about the Sakala deal is that I've heard that he's not back Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you guys have heard that. So yep. if that's true, that he's not back Saudi Sorry? Aye, I've seen that. Um, uh, <laughs> I was ready to drive him there for that, the money being offered. Yeah. So, so that was £4 million that we could have got. I think the negotiations between Leeds and Len Kamara for around about £5 million, which is obviously I think it's an absolute steal we can get £5 million for that. So I think it's a case of now, look, if um, we look at the European squad and McCrory is our number two, what does that mean? That means obviously John McLaughlin is leaving, but does that mean then if any bids come in for McCrory, does that mean we're going to be left with basically Jack Butlin? Because then it becomes a, a, a stage where we're going to have to start looking for a new goalkeeper. So, because uh, I can't really see Kieran Wright being your number two. So I think look, at all these things are going to have to come to fruition in the next couple of weeks. I mean, really need to start getting a lot of these guys off the wage bill, don't we, as well? So the ones like Glenn Kamara, right? Possibly Haji is another one, Borna as well. So, uh, and even if the likes of Ben, somebody comes in for Ben Davis, as I said, I've heard about the trusty links as well over the last couple of days. I think it was about £2 million bid, and I think we're looking between about 5 and £7 million. Pounds. So, uh, look, I think it's a case of now, look, we've got the squad in that we've got. If there is any other kind of upgrades or recruitment that he's done, I think we need to get start getting rid of the guys. Start getting rid of the guys um, first, and then see what money that we've got spare. Because I think we're going to get around about two million pound for uh, Calvin Bassey too. But like you said, uh, Colin, I think it's now a case of seeing what the, the squad is for the European get night, and I think you'll get a clear idea then. Like likes of Matondo as well. Um, well, these guys have a future with Rangers because. Uh, heard there's been a, a bid knock back for Matondo as well and uh, he wants to fight for his place. Now if that is true, um I, I don't know what the kind of money they were offering, but uh, look I would have got I would have got rid of Matondo. So uh, I don't know. We just need to wait and see, I think, Colin. But uh, I think next week when uh, Bill announces that squad we'll get a more of an idea as to who's staying and uh, who's going. Well I'm sure it's a, a, a crazy rule. You have to have to name a team before the, the, the transfer window shots. Surely, surely you can bring in players and, and play them in Europe that come in at the, the end of the transfer window. Or is that you smoke? No, surely it's, that's not true. You, you Just for the qualifiers. So so if we go further, we can bring in players that, that mm -hmm. come in in the transfer window. Okay. Aye, David, I would be shitting myself as well if we were <laughs> if we were running with that squad. Um, but I think 
moving ahead to Saturday, Davey, um, Rangers are over your neck of the woods. They might pop in um, in the Thompson household for a wee cup of tea. Um, they're playing Hoffenheim. What changes do you expect to see in the Rangers lineup, um, if any, in, in Saturday? Well, I expect the team to be virtually the team that's going to come out uh, on, against Kilmarnock. I would expect that we're near now, and then Bill said it himself, he said we're not going to be playing with 22 players again. We're, we're going to be looking at the, the real start of the season now. So he will be playing the, 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 the team that, that's going to start. So I think we'll get a good idea on Saturday what, what the team's going to be. Uh, personally, uh, I hope uh, Mr. Lundstrom misses the airplane. I thought I was getting through the pod without talking about that. Um, <laughs> I wasn't Honestly, going to let you do that. Uh, After last night's performance, I wasn't going uh, to let you get it. <laughs> for, for the listeners who didn't see it, as soon as I came, seen Lindstrom come on, um, he touched the ball three times. Um, the, the first three touches, he gave the ball away, and my heart sank out of my ass, knowing that David was going to wipe the floor with me the night. Yeah, well, uh, it was the first three touches were away to the opponents, and the uh, the fourth uh, touch was a uh, was a was a slide tackle that nearly nearly took the. I mean, I think that would have been a red card in a in a normal friendly Aye. game because but his studs were right up in the boy's ankle. So, but um, I'm so shocked. But anyway, I, I think I'm I'm just surprised. Uh, I, I mean, when you read the 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 the, the, the follow follow and all the rest of the, the websites, then everybody's everybody's sort of now realizing what he's like, what, that he's never played. I mean, I, I, I was a, a sort of a lone voice in the in the wild at the beginning, right at the start. But but now everybody seems to be the other way. I've turned the other way about and, and see what for what, what I've seen ages ago. But um, no, I, I think we'll, we'll get down. And I just hope we're not going to start with Lundstrom and Ryan Jack. You were talking about two men at the back, two uh, Two defensive midfielders. Well, surely to God, we're not going to go back to Ryan Jack and uh, and Lundstrom because that that will be absolutely. Sh- <laughs> I mean, nothing have changed. All, all that have changed is the name of uh, the, the names on, this, on 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 a cheat. If we go with the two at the back as as midfielders, and and I'll tell you now that I would personally, I would have Rice in before I would even think of Lundstrom. Be with you. I, I think, but let's, let's be honest, Robbie Rashin and one of the other. Um, it, it, it's not going to be very often we see Jackson going some together. It'll be Rashin and somebody else in the midfield going on form and going on the manager's plans. Um, but, you know, Bailey Rice, he, he's in himself um, no harm um, with his, his recent appearances. Um, Andy, uh, Yilmaz or Barisic, I'm going to put you in a spot here. Uh, I'd say maybe a couple of months ago, whilst, well, last season, I was continuing to hold on to to Borna. It's not been as bad as everyone thinks, but last night was unexcusable. Um, there's making mistakes, and then there's making schoolboy errors. I mean, some of them you can get away with. I mean, if it's a, if it's we only concede one goal, say we only concede one goal, and it's off of a Bomber Barris, and he deflects it into his own net. Shit happens, you know. You make you, you get some of the ball, you don't get enough of the ball, and it goes in. But you're not seeing anything different from him at all. Um, I he looked 
the main thing I said when he played the week before, it, it looked like he was someone that had been training away from the squad. He looked that off it. He didn't look like he he'd played with any of the players around him. Um, he looked really like the, the weakest link in that back four, and there was some weak links in it last night, that's for sure. Um, I, I understand, obviously, with the way that we have seen Tav and Barisic, the wing-backs, being exploited because they're not getting that kind of cover from the centre-mids. It, it's it's a shame. You, you, obviously, every every player, if it's going to be Tav or Sterling at right-back or Yilmaz or Barisic, teams are doing that. They're, they're going the ball in between. If they're going the ball in between the centre half, the centre half and the, and the wide back, uh, and it's getting them exposed every time, and it looks like it's Barisic's fault for not being with the man. But when he's got two to pick from, it's it's an you're you're guessing, and you don't want to be guessing as a defender. You want to be solid of who you're going to, who's your man, um, and I can I, that's excusable because that's just a fundamental issue that he's not he's not getting the support that he should be getting. That's not his fault. But it's the basic mistakes he's making, which he can't point. He can't point to somebody else and say, "You should have been helping me," because it's solely his job to do just the basic stuff. And he's he's, he's struggling with it. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I I was quick to point out last night that are we going to see the same protection for Yilmaz that he'd he'd got? Uh, in my opinion, for sometimes he'd made those same similar mistakes, like he. I, I say it's, it's a Barisic mistake he made that led to the third one. Um, just wanting too much time in the ball when he get, they get pick, pickpocketed off the Olympiacos player. I think um, we need to really understand that when they're on the ball, some, sometimes they're making basic mistakes. Off the ball, it's more of a fundamental thing of they're not getting support of who's their man. Um, that's what, That's the difference between some of the mistakes. When they're on the ball, it's on them, and it's a fun. Uh, that's that's their job to to sort get the ball cleared, or move it on to your teammate. When it's when they're off the ball and they're tracking back, then you need to start asking questions of who's coming with me, who's my who's my secondary cover. So it's, but and at the heat of the moment, with the way that Barisic has been, it's quick to just point out it's the same old shit, because we've seen it before. Um, but I think will continue to see the same things with Yilmaz. So I, I think we just need to be prepared for it. Sean, a final word on you for Saturday then. Any other changes that you would be looking uh, for for the Rangers team to make um, and how we how we shape up? Well, I definitely think we'll go back to two holding midfielders, I think, against this game. I think, obviously, the last couple of games has kind of shown us that we can't be playing with that many attackers up front. It just looks too disjointed at the moment. And look, I know we've got a nine signings and they're not going to gel automatically. It's going to take time for these players to gel. But, I mean, some of the defensive errors that we're continuing to make, that needs to get shaken up right away at the weekend. So I expect Redvan to start at the weekend. Um, I think the more game time you give this boy, the better he's going to get. I do think, though, that if we do play the likes of opposition like Hoffenheim in Europe, um, like Borna would be key to kind of when we get those kind of moments where if we're playing against better opposition when it comes to set pieces in corners they were going to be vital for us because I don't think we're going to get that many opportunities against I'm talking maybe if you get Alexa a Real Madrid or a Man United or a Chelsea or something like that then I think Borna would be key for that but after the last night's performance 
I don't know, honestly, it was like, as Jandrew said, it was just basic errors. So, look, I think it's going to take time for these players to gel, but I would like to see a little bit more energy, a little bit more pressing on the ball. I think at times um, we were kind of ran over in midfield. I think our ball discipline at times and the control of it was really, really poor yesterday. So I want to see us at least being able to string at least 12 passes together and being able to see what we, the front line can do because I feel as if the last couple of games we've not really been able to get to see an opportunity of what these guys can do. So I want to see a bit more. We are a bit more ruthless, a bit more attacking, taking risks at times up front, see what these guys can do with the ball because... At the moment, we're just far too narrow and these guys are getting in each other's way. So, look, I want us to go back out to the width um, and see what we can uh, plan from there on Saturday. So, look, I'd imagine that there will be a few changes. I imagine that Butlin will come in back in goals. I hope Redvan would start with maybe alongside maybe Sutter and it probably will be Davis, wouldn't it? Maybe Balligan, I would quite like to see maybe Balligan in there for a wee bit of a change So and see what he's got to over because I think he's, all, he's not really had much game time, has he? So... I think, like you said, uh, Colin, I think it'll be a toss-up between uh, Jack and Lundstrom for that other midfield position. If Sefi Wentes doesn't come in there before uh, and Redfan beside them, so, uh, not Redfan, it'll be uh, uh, Raskin in beside them. And then I think like your front three is going to be a very, very tough one to make, isn't it? Because for me, I quite like Cantwell in that number 10 position. But I think if you're spending that kind of money on Lammers and Dessers and maybe Danilo coming in, look, I think uh, Lammers has got to be your number 10 at the moment. I think he's been the outstanding one, he's the outstanding player from pre-season for me. Um, the way he can use both his feet is unbelievable. I thought maybe he'd be better on his right foot, maybe better on his left foot. No, that boy can absolutely play. And I think he's one to watch this year. So, um, look, um, it's going to be very difficult for Bill this weekend, but we have to win. We need to show the fans. That was the disappointment yesterday was that these fans are paying money to come and watch that friendly yesterday. And it was piss poor. It really was piss poor for a friendly. So, um, look, I'm expecting a, a big, big performance on Saturday. And if we don't get it, look, we're going to be sitting here on Sunday night asking the same questions probably. And, um, look, it, it may be pre-season, but, look, if this was the fourth game of the season, um, fourth game in the season, and we're still talking about these sort of mistakes or whatever with the defence, Look, we're going to have massive problems this year. So, look, I want to see a solid performance on Saturday. I want to see a good defensive display as well and uh, see what we can do up front. And hopefully by that point um, on Sunday night, we are talking about a comfortable Rangers victory and we have the live stream sorted. Um, just before we do round up and say goodbye, apologies to everybody who usually tunes into the Half 8 uh, live stream and you're getting your video a wee bit later tonight. We've got a slight ongoing issue with YouTube and hopefully it's sorted by the weekend. But I think um, we've um, we've... Definitely dissected that game of death, um, and I do feel better hearing my, my concerns. And uh, Davey wasn't too harsh on me with the lonesome chat, but all I have to do is thank the listeners um, and thank my to my co-host. Um, I'm going to press for a, a farewell and a prediction. It's just to have these back here, how you round off the pod. Starting with um, Davey T, thanks for coming on, mate. What's your prediction for Saturday? Yeah, well, I'll give it first, but I'm going to. I've got. It wouldn't be me if I wasn't going to add a bit to it. I think Shona made a great point. I think Lammers uh, and Cantwell. I think that's something Bill's got to sort out. Uh, the Barisic, the goal that went over Barisic's head. He looked one once where the player was after the player was already moving. He had no idea where that player was before he moved. That was a second point I wanted to bring up. And 
the third point I've uh, I've, I've now talked myself out of it because I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> but um, but that that's that's two points uh, that that I, I, I think yeah, is really needs sorted out. Uh, what I think is well, they beat Feyenoord four two, so they're not they're no uh, idiots, and I really hope that we're going to play better. If we play the way we played yesterday, then we'll be we'll be chasing shadows because that's what we've done yesterday. We chase shadows. So hopefully we'll play better. Hopefully Bill gets sorted out. I'll be honest with you, I would rather go with, with, with Sima on the, the right wing and Sakawa on the left wing and then fill in in between there because I really think we're far too narrow. Um I'll go for I I, I think I think we'll we'll get beat. I think we'll get beat. Uh, 2-0 Fucking hell man Jesus In all, all my years of Rangers podcasting I've never had a prediction that we're getting beat before um, I suppose if you're to predict um, a defeat it may as well come in a, in a friendly um, but always a pleasure having you on nonetheless Davey um, Thanks very much for coming on Andy um, and give me a bit more of an update prediction and a, a farewell to the listeners Yep, so listeners, yes, apologies, it's not live. I'm sure we'll be working tirelessly to get your usual live stream content back up and running as soon as possible. For the game at the weekend, I think at the pre-zero arena, it will be 3-0 for the Gels. Um, You can't get much more upbeat than that without looking like a lunatic, Um, especially if Lundstrom gets anything on the other pitch. We'll need to see how it goes. Uh, as as Bill said, I'm, it'll be closest to what we're going to see come the season start. Um, so I'm looking for a strong squad. I'm looking for strong performances from everyone in the park. I'm, I'm looking for guys that really want to stake a claim to that being, you, you, I'm in here. You, if you want to buy me, you're going to need to take me out of this place. Um, so, yeah, I want, I want strong individual performances and even better team performance and some more goals because you kind of beat a nice wee goal for the Jers. Um So, yeah, really kind of looking forward to that game. Uh, really can't wait. Uh, me too. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have the football back, mate. Last and by no means least, Shona, thanks very much for coming on as always. Um, what's your predictions for Saturday? Thanks very much, guys. I really enjoyed it tonight. Obviously, dissecting the game, obviously, last night. So, I'm expecting us to one three two. I think it's going to be goals galore, and uh, I'm looking forward to a really really positive performance, much better than what we had yesterday. And uh, yeah, and that'll kind of make a good stead for us going into the killer game. And it's also just to uh, give you a wee heads up, guys, that the dyer is at Mimbudi or Mimbud. We've got a fifteen percent sell on clause on him as well, so it's about seven hundred grand that we're getting for that. So uh, look. If we can get a few guys off the books now, um, you never know, there might be um, another one incoming um, later in the transfer window. But yeah, I am looking forward to watching us on Saturday and I'm hoping that we've got a much better performance than what we had last night. Here's to that. Uh, I'm going to finish this off. We are resounding 3 0 victory uh, to Rangers. Um, Dessers will get his goal. The goal I predicted that would come last night, I got that one wrong, but I feel it in my heart that he's got to open the scoring um, uh, in Germany and maybe Campbell will get us another dodgy penalty. But until then, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for the news and we'll hopefully be back with you live on Sunday. Thanks very much for listening, folks. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.